Hey everyone, welcome to The Guri Show. In this episode, I'm going to talk about how to make six figures selling online courses. Now, I'm sharing insights, I'm sharing my journey on how I help my clients create online courses, how I help my clients sell their online courses since the time I've joined this digital marketing space. Only this time, this recording is from an interview I did for my friend, I with my friend, um, Brianna Punte. I have known her for the longest time since I've joined this digital space. And she has been my client. I've been her client. And recently, she her agency hit six figures. She's the founder of Convert Social. And so if you're looking for any kind of Facebook ads, if you want to learn anything related to Facebook ads, you should go check out her website, Convert Social or BriannaPionte.com. So the next audio that you're going to hear is from the recording of an interview I did with her and for her. Okay, stay tuned and listen till the end. Oh, I can hear you. We're good to go. We're live. Yay, wow. girl, it's so good to see you again. How are you? You too. I'm good. How are you? I think oh we're connecting after a long, long time. It's been a long time. So um, for anybody watching, I'm here with... Uh, Guri or Gurvinder Kaur. Am I saying your last name right? I never bothered to ask. Oh, yeah, that's good. Kaur. Gurvinder right. Kaur. So Guri and I met years ago. We are both, um, we both come a freelance, come from a freelancing background. And we met and have done actually a lot of work together. And I'm super excited to be here with you because we can do like some catch up. And I know we've both done so much since the last time that we actually like got together and partnered on a project. So I'm so happy to have you here. Um, so Guri is a course creator. She's a podcaster. She is a mover and shaker in the online business world. She's an entrepreneur. She is a very powerful woman and I'm super happy to have her here. She sharing her expertise with us. Now, talk to me. So, so we have, it's been probably about a year or so since you and I have partnered together on a project. Um, you helped me flesh out my course. You were the one that helped me to get all of the pieces in place. And you really helped just give me guidance um, when everything was kind of like a jumble up here. <laughs> You helped me make sense of it. Um, so, I mean, you definitely are a, a pro at what you do. I see you have a Facebook group going strong. You've got your course launched and it seems like going really well. Talk to me. How is business? How is life? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I was looking forward to this conversation because I know the last time we talked, it was all about uh, you know, uh, your course, my course, my program, your your program and everything that we're doing. And today I felt like we're going to be a little bit more candid and talk about what's happening in our life uh, related to the business, of course. But whatever goes into, you know, making that business, it, it definitely affects personal and um, it affects everything that goes that's going on in our life. So, yeah. And I think last time we talked i was also completely focused into freelancing but last year i shifted um into you know like pivoted from freelancing towards creating my business and really um creating programs for people so that i can teach them on a one-on-one -on -one level 
And yeah, that that helped. That kind of happened for me last year. But again, COVID wasn't uh, expected, and it changed everything. It was like a roller coaster guy, right for me because it, it was like I decided I just took the plunge, and then it was like, oh my god, <laughs> I have to go back to freelancing for you know and some more time, I guess. So, but it 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 all, I think it all was supposed to happen that way for me because then I kind of worked my way out to um, you know scale my business and really find my audience so it was good it was good for me amazing yeah I mean I, I definitely had a um, a whole business overhaul uh, this mm-hmm. last year I mean for for myself you know I have a, a an agency now where in the past when you and I met I was freelancing and I was taking on lots of different clients and I didn't really have any systems or processes in place and it sounds like what you and I did in this last year is systematize and productize your offering so that it's scalable right and you did it for course creation um, you it sounds like really fleshed out your audience and your client avatar tell me who that is who do you work with so I normally like you know it's basically for female audience but anyone who wants to create an online course or feels that they should have an online course as an extra stream of income so that so it's it's both for people who are ready to quit their nine to five and also for people who are not ready to quit their nine to five but they just want a side income and you know stream of income so so for both of them mainly females for now because as you see I have a group for female audience but when I speak on Instagram when I create um, episodes on my podcast episodes then it's for you know both men and women it's I don't really segregate when I'm doing an, an episode or when I'm creating content, that's it's for both men and women. So basically anyone who is willing to create an online course, they feel that they have something to share with the people. They want to help people out there, you know, and yeah, yeah. So that's that's the whole idea. I love it. So you started out, and I think this is important to talk about our journeys, right? Um, when you started out, and I think when you and I met, um, you were really pretty heavily involved in um, in blogging, right? So you had your your blogging background. Tell me about that and how you went from blogging as a travel blogger Goodness, to yeah. becoming a course creator. It's just like, you know, travel blogging, freelancing, course creating, coaching. Like, how do you make that that transition? And how did you decide, like, this is it? You just brought up the most interesting topic, I guess, because, you know, when I entered this digital space back in 2018, I was, I guess, all over the place. I just wanted to learn everything. And it also comes from a, you know, a a belief, like a limiting belief that I need to learn so many things. And so many people uh, also have that limiting belief that uh, if in order to be successful in the digital space, you have to first master five or six skills. And you need to learn everything. Then only you can go out and start talking to your people. Then only you can be, you know, that expert. So, and I was carrying that baggage. I was uh, coming from that place with that kind of belief. And so I was learning blogging. I was learning SEO. I was doing everything. I was learning Facebook ads. 
um, I was learning, uh, you know, so many different things. And then I realized, okay, now I have all these skills, but what do I do with the, these? You know, I need to, I need to find audience that I can teach something. So what do I do? Should I start teaching SEO? Should I start teaching um, blogging? Like you said, travel blogging, but I wasn't traveling at that point. So I was traveling prior to that. And when I entered the digital space, I thought I should, because I was traveling earlier, I thought I should learn travel blogging so that I can teach people that you can travel and, you know, make money while blogging. But then when I, when I was done with blogging, learning that, and my, my blog was ranking, I figured that I'm no longer traveling. <laughs> and so what do I do now? So that was like, also, you know, there was one more thing that I that I figured that I wouldn't be able to make a lot of money within the next three to six months if I'm just doing blogging. Because I'm sure you're aware, and many people are aware that there 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 are certain, there are only few ways you can earn money via blogging. So it could be affiliate, um, um, you know, marketing, or like you are uh, allowing people to guest post on your site and all of that. So I figured that it's going to take some time. Then I sat down and I was. I asked my coaches also, what do I do with all this knowledge? And I'm sure that you also figured at some point, you know, when I was connected with you, that she knows a lot of things, but what is she a actually lot about, doing? A, yeah, a little about yeah. a lot, basically, or a lot about yeah. a handful of things, yeah. Yeah, like you, you, okay, you can do this. You can do that. I'm sure you 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 were you were also thinking that she knows a few things, but then what is what does she actually do? Like what does she want to be known for? So then I was like, okay, I've, what have I done in my past? And I also help my clients do this exercise. What have you done in your past that you're you're confident about and that you can share your experience? You know that you can share experience with with people and your past experience. And the stories that you have developed um, in your past. So I figured that I've taught people. And so that means I come from a teaching background, which means I can create curriculums and I can, you know, um, uh, deploy those lessons in the way that the, the students, you know, are able to comprehend that knowledge. So I figured that that could be my stream. But the next point was to see whether it's even profitable. And the moment I started researching on this, I figured that. There are so many people who are doing this. And it was like a light bulb moment for me. And I said to myself that, what was I doing for these past two years? <laughs> you know, and so that's that's where I entered the course creation thing. Awesome. And so you have, you know, I, I know that you are a pro when it comes to course creation because I've worked with you directly and you helped me to put the building blocks in place for my course when I didn't know how to figure it out. I didn't know how to take, like, like you said, you know, what, what I know how to do and translate that into something that I can actually teach somebody else uh, where I'm giving them actionable steps and a roadmap and a strategy that is um, comprehensive and that will allow them to actually build something lasting. 
and cohesive. So it it took, it took some time, you know, for me and I I spent a lot of time trying to figure it out on my own before you and I worked together and I've added so much to it over the years, but it's because of the, you know, what I have now is because of the building blocks that you helped me to, um, to really put in place. So, you know, you mentioned um, trying to figure out if I'm adding to that, but it's like, you know, this comes natural to me. And I've seen that so many people find it difficult to really, you know, uh, create that knowledge and you, you know, try making it into digestible pieces. And, you know, that that's a task for people and it just comes natural to me. And that's why I wasn't able to identify that this is an advantage and this is a skill that I already have. Or maybe like because I was teaching, I naturally developed it over that over that period. But still, you know, you sometimes kind of feel it's it's normal, right? But it's yeah, you, you may feel, but it's not absolutely not. Yeah, so thank you for being there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I saw that you um, you have a student that recently hit a $20,000 mark um, for just monthly sales. Talk to me about that. What I know you've got students all across the map and, you know, basically if somebody wants to create a course, if they have a skill set, they can come to you. Um, how do you, how do you sell? How do you teach your students to sell their courses? You know, how did you find your first clients to, to buy this concept from you and how do you turn that into, I mean, I know this is a loaded question, but just yeah. starting with kind of the basic building blocks, how do you start selling courses online? So um, so there have been like the moment you said, you know, one of my clients hit $20,000 and I was thinking, which one? And then I remember like you mentioned, you, you must have seen it on my site and I'm going to give you an example of a recent one and also the same one. So this one, and I'm going to explain the whole process of selling the online course with context to this this particular client of mine. And the first thing that we do is, that I do is kind of bring, because, you know, so many clients have this thing in their mind that they want to serve. And I, when I was starting out, I also wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to help my audience a lot, like in various ways. So when I started out, I was help wanting to help them with copywriting. I wanted to help them, even though I'm not like a great writer, but then I knew some, um, you know, the, the tactics, the strategy, the flow of the content. So I wanted to help people with that. So I wanted to do that. I wanted to help them create courses. I wanted to help them with, you know, different ways of marketing their programs and online courses. But that's a lot of information and you need like a 12 month program for that. So how do we bring that 12 month information and how do we just put it into one online course so that people are ready to first invest and with invest with you and start working with you. And then when they feel that, yes, you're the right person, then they move on to that 12 month program or like a mastermind. So the first thing that we do is what is the first course that you can create that is simple, that is actionable, that is digestible for people that they can consume and, um, you know, apply those steps in their day-to-day life or in their, um, you know, in their business. And they can do the, you know, to take the action, basically. 
So once that is done, like you you have one course idea and that is profitable, that's going to be, that's going to sell. And you move on to the next step, which is actually selling. And in order to sell, I've, I created this success equation, which is that if you want to be successful, you need to have four things in place. And number one is your offer, your positioning, your messaging, and your your content, like your course, basically, or, or your program. So offer, like we all know, it's basically the promise that you, the big promise that you're making with your audience. So this, this um, client of mine who did a launch with me recently, and so he comes from men transforma- transformational niche. And so he's helping men from the age, from 20s to 40s in between, you know, that age range to not just, you know, have a, um, you know, living a good life because men have their own problems, right? Adjusting in society, dealing with women and all of that. So all all those problems, plus from the transformational point of view as well, like how do you become, um, you know, more of a human in the sense, like how do you connect yourself with the higher self? And how do you realize that you are, as a human, you can do so much more and you're not just here for the material, um, you know, the gaining material goals and all of that. So the thing that we did with him is that we first sat down and I asked him questions like, what is the first thing that you can help your audience with? How, why will they come to you? Why will they want to work with you? And so that's the positioning part. So we listed down what are the plus points that he already has. And turns out that he has worked in the industry for 20 years. He has worked, worked with some famous people. So all of that, that's the positioning. So anyone who's starting, who is beginning in this, in this, you're, you know, starting their online business, the first thing that you need to do is sit down and list down all the plus points that you have. Have you worked with people who can vouch for you, who can kind of share feedback? And that's your positioning part in the sense that this is how you're going to sell yourself. This is how you're going to create a unique selling proposition for yourself that, see, I worked with so many people, I've you know, helped them transform their lives and all of that. And when that is done, then you come to your offer. An offer is basically what's your biggest promise and your, how you're going to package it. So there are so many things. I don't know if I should just go on and on and on. I'm just going to cut the short shot. And so the success equation should say is that you need to work on your positioning. You need to um, work on your messaging. And when I say messaging, it basically means that um, there can be 10 ways of saying one thing. And so you have to choose how do you want to say it. And that really comes down to the point who my audience is. So, for example, my audience is kids in 20s or girls in 20s. They are using a different language than women in 40s. So I have to understand that I have to use the language. I have to even wear clothes like, you know, uh, girls in their 20s so that I can so that they can relate to me. And it's not about changing your personality. It's not about changing yourself and doing things that you don't want to do. But it's really about connecting with your audience. And I feel that if you if you want to serve people who you really want to serve, it doesn't really matter what you wear. I just, you know, 
it's about how you can connect with them. And then there are different ways of connecting. So you got to use their language. You got to use their words. You got to use their slang sometimes. And branding and design, all of that comes uh, as a part of messaging. So once that is done, then you come to the next part, which is, um, yeah, so that's that's the whole success equation. The three point, yeah, I missed the fourth one. Fourth is your actual program. And, you know, most people feel that they have to focus more on selling and they have to master the art of selling and really the putting out the content out there. They have to be posting on Instagram and all of that. But if you see the statistics, it says that only 70% people, like, sorry, only around 10 to 20% people actually consume your course and finish your course and, you know, uh, are ready to go with you on the next step. And so that problem is because you're not creating your course from the point of view how people learn. You're just creating it for the sake of creating it. And even though so many people don't want to address that problem, it's a big, big issue because your course is not just about, you know, you know, just um, putting the content into that course, even though you can say that, okay, I'm going to have just five modules because I don't want to be, I don't want it to be an information overload. So I'm just going to put five modules. I'm just going to put five lessons in one under one module. But still, how are you creating your slides? How are you conveying that information? And that speaks a lot about uh, what's the impact your course is going to have, whether people are actually going to learn from your course or not. So that's the next thing. And with this client, like I said, um, the problem with him, and yeah, to, to a large extent that problem still exists, is that when he starts talking, he cannot, he doesn't have a pause or stop button. And, <laughs> and that's that so many people face when you're, especially when you come from that speaking uh, background, like you're, you're, you find it natural to yourself. Like I'm not a natural speaker. Um, so, but with him, it's completely natural. Like he can go on and go on and on and on for four hours. And so I really had to, you know, poke him like hundred times probably to just stick to three points and just stick. So if you're, um, if you're delivering your one point and what is the supporting material to really prove that point? Because our minds, you know, are, we, we need proof, right? So let's say you're, you're telling me that, you know, Guri, um, um, it's possible for you to make $10,000 today, but, right? So, okay, that information sounds good. Well, what is the proof? Like, how am I going to do that? So that's the next thing that pops in my mind. So my mind wants to see the proof. My mind wants to see the steps. So with this person, I always said that, okay, you, you're, you're stating a point and you need to, you know, you need to add the additional material. You need to add that proof and that's it. Do not overload the information. I'm happy with just one proof. <laughs> so yeah, that's the, that's the next element of the equation. I'm not sure if I really answered your question. But mostly it is about how you want to position yourself, how you want to convey your idea to the audience. Like you can be, you can use, people say use videos, but again, like how you are using those videos. Mm -hmm. Do you want kind of, what are your colors? Like I can be dancing in my videos, but that's not me. I'm not that person who can dance in the videos. 
right? But when you dance in the videos, you kind of reflect to the other person that you are, um, you know, you are that fun-loving person and it's good. To, you're enjoying the journey, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. so yeah. And sometimes people just want to, like, you know, have a, have a um, you know, like a nice cozy background, like a nice couch in the background in some great pictures and, you know, all of, uh, I don't know, like a nice background and they want to convey that it's, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, um, it's the, my, my business is helping me create this kind of background for myself. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, what else? So really letting like your personality <laughs> shine. No, it's so good. It's you, you, you have so much good information and, and I love it. And I know exactly what you mean in, you know, when you say that you need to be able to break things down into digestible pieces of information, because I had to learn how to do that. I'm not a natural speaker in the sense that when I speak, I categorize things in my head and I deliver things in a, uh, in a digestible step-by-step format. I actually, with my course, I had to, and you taught me this, I had to break down these ideas into, you know, this is point one, this is point two, this is point three. And a lot of my course is broken down into these ideas, either following, you know, I'll have my, my video up in the corner and I'll walk them through a worksheet or I will walk them through a specific process. You know, maybe it's um, creating a profile on a platform or um, I'm going over a contract and I have to go step by step. I have some uh, parts of my course that I deliver in um, in a PowerPoint format. And that, again, is digestible bits of information. But more than anything, it keeps me on track with how I'm delivering each different part, idea, topic, uh, lesson within my course. So, yeah, I, I absolutely understand what you're saying. It's super important to break things down into a, a format that allows people to learn from you and learn in a kind of um, contextualized uh, focus. So when it comes to, I know that you're you're doing a lot of work in your Facebook group. And um, when it comes to when you're working with your students and it comes to their, that point when they're launching, how are, how are you directing them to do that launch? Is it primarily, and and how do you do your own launches? Is it primarily building out an organic presence on a Facebook group? Is it focusing on an email list? Is it, you know, finding individual clients to take your course or, or join your coaching program through a platform like Upwork, or is it direct outreach via messenger? How are you prospecting and how do you, you know, tell your students to do their prospecting when it comes to uh, getting people to buy into what you're selling? Um, so, well, first of all, kind of the strategy is to first see whether you're launching for the first time or or you've done previous launches, right? So if you're doing it for the first time, that means you're doing a beta launch. And you should do be a beta launch. So many times people feel that, you know, we've been working with people in person. And so why should we do beta launch? We know everything that would go into a program. So that's that's the first hurdle probably because, yeah. So the first thing is beta launch. Now you can do beta launch in 
various ways, like launches, it doesn't have to be one one fixed strategy for a launch. Like so many times people think that they have to have a Facebook group. It's not necessary, even though I know that not many people will agree, but it's not necessary to have a Facebook group. It's kind of become a norm and that's fine, but Facebook group itself is not a strategy. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to have it. So you can do a webinar. You can do a, You can just simply send emails to your your email list, email subscribers. And what's more important is what goes into that content. How you warm up your audience. How you really make them ready for the launch. You know, and buying your course. And so that is most important. Now, also another thing is. How is your audience ready to consume your content? So, for example, I've been um, doing live sessions in my Facebook group last year. Last year, throughout the entire year, I did a lot of Facebook live sessions. And now, if I suddenly, when I'm launching, I ask them to go to a certain place and watch my masterclass, that's that's an abrupt action. That's not going to make my people feel comfortable doing that action because I prime them for a live session throughout the year. You know what I mean? And suddenly, if I do a masterclass, which means that they have to go somewhere else and watch that masterclass and then come back inside the Facebook group to have a conversation related to that, that's not a good strategy. So whether you're doing, whether you're launching in your Facebook group, whether you're doing a masterclass, whether you are um, sending emails to your email list, you have to first understand that you have you're priming your audience for a very long time, like a month, one month, or ten days, three months. That's that's a you know different different thing. But whatever way you're priming them, or warming them up, or preparing them for the launch, you have to keep it constant. You know, so yeah, that that's one thing. Sometimes people feel webinar is the strategy. So webinar is just a way of delivering your content. Webinar is not not like a strategy. Your strategy is how you deliver what goes into that content. That's what I like to believe. So people feel that Facebook is just for building connection, but the strategy is webinar. You know what I mean? But that's where the problem pops in because you have been warming them up to you know come to you and receive your content in a Facebook group during a live session. So that's the fun thing. Another thing is I personally don't prefer to you know find clients on dms i don't even like i'm rare i rarely do i reply on dms i don't like it personally and so that's why i don't do it and that's why i don't teach it so yeah i have like i don't know what to say about that but other than that like i i find that you can always try different strategies like if you're planning to do a launch using a webinar or a masterclass just keep sending your audience in probably a week, 10 days, 15 days, a month or three months. Just keep sending your audience to your landing pages so that you're preparing them for that, uh, that you know, that delivery, that type of delivery of content. So, yeah, so that's how I do my launches. I kind of prepare my audience. Like last year, I've been doing a lot of Facebook live sessions. This year, I'm doing a lot of, I'm doing, I'm publishing a lot of episodes on my podcast. So I'm not, I'm not going to, whenever I'm going to do a launch, my audience would be ready to listen to my episodes first. Very cool. So, and then join my email list or subscribe to a lead, 
lead magnet. So I'm preparing them for this, this year. So for this year till now, I haven't done a launch because it's a new platform that I'm using and new strategies. So I'm first of all, you know, preparing my audience. And that's what I teach my audience. Like if you are um, sticking to one platform, just do it for one year, prepare your audience, then do a launch. Yeah. Like I said, like a million times, I, I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Yeah. What else? So how important, <laughs> how important is um, a launch date? Let's say I have an evergreen course. How important is it? I'm warming up my audience. Say I'm you know, having conversations with them in my Facebook group. I'm doing daily lives. When do you, at what point do you decide now is the time to launch? Do you relaunch multiple times an evergreen course or do you launch it once and just let it be there and available? I've seen coaches do it a lot of different ways. Course creators, you know, that will do a few launches throughout the year and only let the course be available during that launch period. Otherwise, they're collecting email addresses on an email list or members to their Facebook group. In your experience, how important is it to have a set launch date? And have you seen better success with a, a beta launch, like you said, um, where you're warming up the audience long-term, or just putting the course out for sale when it's ready to go. Why do you recommend, I guess, launches over just offering the product when it's ready to go? Um, so could you repeat the last thing that you said? Yeah, so I know it was a, it was a multifaceted question. <laughs> so yeah, I'm preparing and suddenly there's a, okay, did I miss something? <laughs> so why do you recommend a launch versus just offering the product, the course for sale when it's ready to go? So, like what I'm understanding is that you're asking whether you're, whether I should wait for completing my entire program and then launching it and, or just straight away putting it on evergreen. Is that correct? Yeah. So it, I have a course, for example, my course is completed. I'm ready to sell it. How important is it that I have a launch that I am building up to with my audience? I'm giving them drip campaigns. I'm warming the audience up as it were. How important is that that launch process to selling the course? Yeah, so I think the, the, the first thing is to understand whether I, you would be or I would be or anyone else would be launching in the future as well. So if I'm going to launch next year, this year, you know, towards the end of this year, that means I can launch it now as well. And I should launch it now as well, because let's say if I'm say if I'm going to put my course, my entire thing, entire business on Evergreen, I'm never going to have a launch. Then talking about launch doesn't make sense, you know, because my entire business model is going to be like you know I'm going to sell everything on Evergreen. So if at any point I'm going to be launching, that means I should launch now as well. And when I say now, it means whether my course is complete or not. That means I can complete it on the way. You know what I mean? Like I can launch and when I find people and they are willing to join my course, 
then I can complete my course on the way. I just need to be clear with my audience and transparent that, you know, it's only, I've only done like module one and I would be finishing it on the way. So that's the fundamental thing that I want my people to be clear on. Because some people, people think that launch is a one-time thing. They're going to have a launch and then everything is sorted, but launches you're going to have them again and again and again. It's a part of the process because you want it to be a part of the process. If you don't want it to be a part of the process, you can just eliminate it. Like, let's not have launches at all. Let's just put everything on evergreen. And people do it that way and they're making money. But we also have to understand, like, that's the second point that when you do a launch, you're kind of creating the momentum and people see you doing things that they want to do, right? So, and when they see you doing things they want to do, they kind of start connecting with you, relating with you. And that's what makes them feel comfortable working with you. So even though you can put everything on evergreen from day one, evergreen, it takes time because people will see you doing all the things where you like in pieces, you know? Mm -hmm. They might see what Instagram content piece today and the next then they're not ready to join your, um, you know, masterclass or anything. And so the next time they connect with you or they see your content piece is after 15 days or like 20 days. And that's not how we want it to work, right? Because we, like people say that it takes around seven um, connections, seven times, seven kind of contact, type of contact when somebody's ready to buy from you. So, yeah, I, I suggest that you do a launch. Um, and when I say like anyone, not just I'm directing to you, but like anyone, <laughs> like I suggest that people do a launch because that kind of conveys your audience the message that you're doing something that they want to do in future in some point in time. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. I, I know I, <laughs> I packed a lot into that question, but okay. So you do recommend, you recommend a launch, you recommend, you know, building out content for your audience and continually engaging with them um, over a period of time as you build up to that launch or as you build up to multiple launches. And I think the cool thing is about building an audience, whether it's a Facebook group or an email list or however you build out your audience, once you have that audience, you can tap back into that you know list or that group and you can sell to them over and over and over again. I mean, I know you have two different course concepts and you've got a lot of really cool different options like on your website, you have free kind of lead magnet opt-ins um, where you give away a ton of really good info and that brings people into your funnel. So, you know, building out the audience and, and just giving them value over time is super important. Um, so let's, let's scale it back um, to some of the points that we talked about early in our conversation in terms of um, just entrepreneurship in general, you know, and the journey of entrepreneurship. You've been doing this for some years now, as have I, and we both know that shit happens and things go wrong and it can be frustrating at times and it's not easy, right? It's... um. It really is a, it's a labor of love in a lot of ways, you know, building a business and, but it's also this just really cool process and experience and it helps to develop you as a person and your independence and your confidence. And I love it. Obviously you do too. 
Um, but I, I want to get kind of like real, you know, when it comes to your journey and talk about times that it didn't work out and times when you kind of ran into that brick wall where you weren't sure what to do. Um, was there ever a time that you considered quitting in this journey? And if there was, why didn't you? What made you stick with it? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is this is really personal because, like, like you said, that, you know, even though we are building a business that is really close to us, we still, like, it's like raising... I don't really use this kind of this metaphor, but then sometimes it just relates to the situation so much that you're raising a baby. One hundred percent agreed. Yes, and, and even though it's it's so much close to your heart, and you're you're you can do anything for that child, you still sometimes you you get pissed off, right? Yes. <laughs> so, of course, and you just want to go away with that from that life, and so that happened to me a lot of times because things were not working and you know the reason was a lot of I carried a lot of beliefs about myself and I worked upon them because so many of those were actually true I come from a um, I'm a brown person I come from a different country when I'm talking to my clients I they don't relate to me directly like in the first instant because I look different I speak differently you know I'm not a native speaker so so much was was always going on in the back of my mind even when I was doing perfectly fine it still felt no I'm not doing so so well because of you know xyz reasons so these were the mindset related hurdles that I always faced kind of a and they were not just um you know like a, a series of thought that go thoughts that kind of come through my mind when I'm talking to people. It's also like a threat sometimes. And, and it feels like you are not as a person can, would be able to, you know, achieve that success. But the truth is when I, like I, if you, if you remember, I also mentioned about that we as humans are connected and you can emotionally using your vibrations connect to the other person and I've had like yourself you know I have had so many uh friends that come from a different nationality from a different cultural background like yourself and we've connected so well and the one thing that made me feel good about everything is that see I'm coming from a different background but I'm culturally I mean culturally I'm different but I'm connecting on a human level and that means that we are all dealing with the same shit you know so yeah, that made me feel like I can go on and it's good. Also, I never, like when I started this journey, I quit my nine to five. And so that meant that I cannot change my route. Like I've changed it once. I've given up on my studies. I mean, I've given up studies and I've given up my job. And that means I can go back to that world and I don't even want to, right? So that just kept on going in my mind. Like, I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to do it. And yeah, that's why I'm still here. <laughs> I love it. That is, it's, it's such a, it's such a powerful thing to share that part of our journeys, I think, because as entrepreneurs, we have given up a lot. I did the same thing. I gave up a nine to five. I've dealt with the, with the cultural 
the difficulty of cultural crossover, you know, learning a new language and working with clients in another language, it's hard. And it's really, um, it's, it puts you in a really vulnerable position. And I think that it's important to share these stories because the, the beauty of this online, you know, digital entrepreneurship uh, thing is that this is the first time in human history that we have been availed this possibility, this opportunity to really cross these cultural barriers and cross these, you know, these distances where you're on the other side of the world right now and you and I are having a conversation and we are servicing, you know, the maybe similar types of clients online and getting paid the same amounts, regardless of where we're coming from, that's a big deal. And it's opened up so much opportunity. And I, I think that your point to overcoming those limiting self-beliefs is it's important and it's powerful. Um, so thank you for sharing that because I do know it's a, it's a personal place for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's like for me, yeah, like I said, you know, even though I felt a lot of times that I don't have any other option, I have to do it. But I remember that I felt like there must be something, there must be something I could go back to, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. they, I could do something else. Uh, because the biggest threat was, what if I am not able to pay my bills? Because last year was challenging one because I even left, um, you know, freelancing work, and I just w- wanted to focus on, you know, selling my courses and finding clients on Facebook. At the same time, I, um, yeah, so that was that was one thing. At the same time, I I wasn't getting clients because maybe COVID was the thing, or like I spent a lot of time connecting with people and. In the back of my mind, I, I knew that had there been someone more um, people with, you know, people who could connect with, it would have been easier for that person. And so I'm taking so much time because I am, I don't have the mastery on language. You know, that's the, that's the full move. So, so I took it like so many people don't take it as a skill. It's just come, your language is the most natural thing you could have, right? And for me, and I'm sure that for so many other people, like you're learning Spanish, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And so, like, that's the most difficult situation when a language becomes a skill for you. You have to master it as a skill. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like, not because not language is the most natural thing, right? So, yeah, it took me some time, but because even when I gave up, the idea that you know if it if it's working for so many other people it should work for me too and yeah i wanted to share an interesting thing like how i reframed myself back to you know on that 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 mode like i have to work uh work this thing out is that i share the story that you know we see actors they create movies and we've always believed like when we see these successful actors we've always believed that they are successful, but when their movies don't work, they were not prepared for it. Like they, they were creating, you know, throughout that journey when they were making that movie, they, because they were actors, they believed they have to be, the, you know, at their most, um, you know, like acting at their best. 
but they didn't know that the movie's not going to work for them, right? But they come back. They work for that entire year, maybe six months, three months, and then they come back and they do another movie. So what kind of motivates them? And if they can do it, I can do it too, right? I so love, that's, that's good. I love that analogy. Yeah. That's a, that's a great analogy because, you know, that is, um, it's, a, it's a parallel thing the way that actors function within their roles, it, it's very similar to entrepreneurship. It's not like they're being, yeah. you know, hired by a company and they can, they can climb the corporate ladder within that company. It's, it's a constant, it's a constant probably revolving door of success and failure. So I love that. If they can do it, we can too. That's so true. So I, yeah, you're, you're acting and you're acting like you're the best. You know, you're acting like this movie is going to cross that hundred dollar billions, you know, millions. I mean, uh, you know, mark, but then it it flops. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are. You know, we also we are also in the same boat sometimes. That we smile, we show people that confidence, and we are doing those live sessions with that, you know, with that belief that see, I'm the most confident person on earth. See how I'm doing it. I'm nailing it. Everything is so good. But then back of my, in the back of my mind, I'm still um, afraid of, you know, losing. And what if people don't join my program? And that's the same thing that actors go through too. And when the launch fails, what is it? Like you, you're still, you're, you're in that, in that, um, you're, you know, you're in that phase when you feel I cannot overcome that, but then you have to come back. You have to, um, you know, you have to, polish your skills and come back with a new launch with a new movie <laughs> such a, or a new movie exactly that's such good advice and speaking of advice that you know I don't want to keep you too long but I do want to get one more um, nugget golden nugget out of you and that is it's a question that I ask everybody that I that I have on for these chats these interviews um, if you were to have a conversation with yourself a year ago, five years ago, when you were just starting out in terms of, you know, what you're doing now that you found success with, what piece of advice would you give yourself before all of the hardship, before all the struggle um, to, to kind of keep you moving forward, you know, or give you that edge? What, what advice would you give yourself from the past? Um, I I've given this advice to myself the entire last year, and I would love to give this advice to people who are starting out or who are who've not yet, you know, found success. That nobody sitting up there is giving permission to successful people to become successful. Right? They are they are taking the right actions, they are taking the right steps, and they are failing as well. Right. And they're still like you see the take example from this actor in Elaji that you if you look at the actor, you find that this person is the uh the most successful person and the most confident person, and this person has never faced any failures, but they still do. Like they've they've gone through failures. But when you look at them, you don't feel it that way, right? Because no one gave them the permission, they they seek that permission for themselves, like they 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 permitted themselves to find that success. So you have to permit yourself. I allowed myself to, you know, achieve success. And so 
like Elon Musk, nobody asked Elon Musk to build a space station and, you know, gave him permission to now you are like, you know, no, most people, when, when we talk about that higher self, most people related to God. Like even God is not sitting up there and telling some people like you are allowed to go and do this, you know? <laughs> so it's, we are connected to that higher self. We are that higher self. And so we have to give ourselves permission to do whatever we want to. Yeah. So that's the advice. That's beautiful. And I love it because you're such a yogi at heart. Like I am. <laughs> we really are. We're hippies at heart. That's, that's me and me and you. And I think that's such a, fantastic piece of advice. Um, we do have to allow ourselves to find success because we deserve it just as much as the next person. So yeah, thank you so much for, for your time and your passion and for taking, you know, just these few moments to share your wisdom because it's, I know that it's going to help so many other people just like it's helped me and it's helped your students um, just to kind of find the direction that they're looking for. So thank you so much for joining me. I absolutely want to repeat this in the future. And maybe you and I can talk about me uh, coming onto your podcast and we can do some chit-chatting. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. I want to have you like like maybe next week and this week, sometime this week. Let's do yeah, it. So I want to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, let's definitely do that. We'll we'll make it a date and we'll see each other then very soon. Yeah, and thank you for having me. It was wonderful. Absolutely. Tell tell everybody real quickly. I've got your information in our post, but please um, let us know how we can find you online if you know anybody out there is listening and wants to start their own course creation journey. Yeah, so I think you've tagged me on this post. So what people can do is visit my Facebook profile and they'll see all the links there. They can connect with me direct. They can sign up, subscribe to my podcast, or they can subscribe to any of the lead magnets or connect with me on Instagram or join my Facebook group. So there are various ways of connecting with me. And the easiest is to just shoot a DM. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much, Guri. I appreciate your time and we will talk very soon. Yeah. I'm going to message you. All right, <laughs> All right my dear. Bye, Bye Stephanie. Bye-bye.